0: Welcome to Chronic Combat Conversations, a live look at our best bets, picks, and predictions with your
1: host, TB Scouting MMA and the MMA Guru. And the Triple C Podcast is back. Chronic Combat Conversations is here to cover the electric pay-per-view UFC 262 Charles Oliveira taking on Bellator's once champion, Michael Chandler. This fight has been giving me agita all week long. I've been going back and forth. I I think I'm firmly on the side now, but uh, weigh-ins could still scare me off. You know how I feel about weigh-ins. The rest of the card's actually pretty good, even though we lost... A couple really good fights um, in Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards and the shabazzian Hermanson fight. But honestly, the card's still pretty exciting to me. How do you feel? Oh, man,
0: I've been waiting a little bit for this one. I feel like we got a couple really good fights taken away. There's still a couple good spots here, Uh, you know, combing through the lines and looking at the
1: matchups. I, th- I think we're in for an exciting night. The month of May was really tough for losing fights. Um, I had told you separately that I thought we were gonna lose the Corey Sanhagen fight, but uh, we ended up losing that. And I'm I'm hoping for next week we we're still okay with uh, Cody Garbrandt because I feel like he can never make it to the cage. But all that being said, 262 here right now. I can't wait. Tony Ferguson, El Kukui, Benil Dariush been an absolute wrecking ball. Can't wait for that. Uh, there's a there's a few really there's a few bangers on this one, man i can't wait to dive into it well why
0: should we waste any time
1: <laughs> let's dive right in like you said uh kicking
0: us off we got christos yagos versus sean Soriano making his return to the octagon oh and three in his initial uh stint in the octagon but after two submission losses and a decision loss he went back on the regional scene and now Soriano's making his return after training uh, at sanford mma with Michael Chandler to get ready for. The by fight. the way, that was a
1: while ago. Those three UFC fights were uh, January 2014, September 2014, and January of 2015. So this is a a big time return. Yeah, and, and you see the names that uh,
0: Soriano was matched up against
1: Rosa and Skelly. Yeah, who are are both still in the UFC at this point in time. So, you know, credit in terms of that, they they gave him you know tough matchups. Definitely.
0: Uh, so Christos Yagos... He comes in 4-4 and in his UFC career. Uh, Submission win, three decision wins, two submission losses, two decision losses. So he's been pretty spread out as far as how he attacks his fights. But one thing's for sure, uh, there's probably not going to be a real knockout or anything. And, uh, you know, Soriano, it's tough to say what kind of developments he's made. So I don't really feel comfortable really betting this fight. However, seeing Yagos sitting there as a minus 225 and Soriano as a plus 176, Um, it's probably fair, but it's not a line that I'm going to play, uh, just because of the variability and Yagos is a poor gas tank. So even if he does fight really well, uh, everything could fall apart.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. There's, there's not really anything I saw here that makes me, uh, want to bet anything. Yeah. So, uh, I I lean, I lean Yagos, if you, uh, placed a gun to my head, it made me just bet a prop pretty blindly i would just say yagos by decision because i just i don't think he'll get the finish i, I don't know that's it random thoughts yeah wait till way and let's see how they look somebody misses weight by a crazy amount i don't know it, looks looks terrible yeah
0: may, maybe the gambling junkie itch you know takes over you have to throw them in a crazy parlay or something happens you know can't can't harm you for that but please don't spend a lot yeah, of I'm money i'm not on getting
1: this i'm not getting my itch like i usually do sometimes that you know that the first fight is going to be a uh, a one that you know they, they expect to have an explosive start. I, I don't actually see it this for this uh this car.
0: Yeah, this fight was kind of thrown together last second and I think they just wanted to make sure they still had their opening fight. So let let's get on to our next one. Kevin Aguilar versus Tucker Lutz. And this is a situation very similar to one we saw with Random marcos and maybe i was wrong on that but we didn't really get to see the fight fully play out anyways kevin aguilar uh 17 and 4 tucker lutz 11 and 1 he had two contender series fights tucker lutz this past year and both went to decision and both were against very inexperienced guys uh lutz didn't necessarily stand out to me on tape and aguilar he has some big names on his resume uh, he he also has Charles Rosa as a loss, a split decision. Uh, Zubair Tohugov, round one knockout. Dan Ige, unanimous decision. Leonard Garcia, round one knockout in LFC back in, in 2013. But those are, those are a lot of good names that he's faced. And then Damon Jackson is a win. Tony Kelly is a win, both before the UFC. And then uh, Glenn and Barzola. Those are some solid so names. I
1: finally I finally remembered what this fight actually reminds me of. What this fight actually reminds me of is Bruno Silva and J.P. Buys. That's what this fight reminds me of. That's the perfect one. And isn't it appropriate
0: that actually J.P. and Tucker Lutz
1: fought on the same Dana White contender series episode? That's interesting. Um, J.P. Buys was the heavy favorite for coming in on his debut, even though he looked okay on his contender series fight. Sound familiar? I could be talking about Tucker Lutz right now. Kevin Aguilar is similar to Bruno Silva in the fact that their backs up are against the wall. They have lost the last three of their fights to tough competition. Danny Gate, Tukugov, Rosa, you know, split decision there. You know, tough fights against notable guys. I I don't know. At a dog price, again, barring something crazy in weigh-ins, I'm on Kevin Aguilar, um, not like with the house or anything, but I, I would, I'm, I'm gonna make, I'd make a, a a small play on this because I, I think the line, I don't think the line makes any sense because Tucker Lutz has done absolutely nothing to warrant being this big of a favorite, so it's just an it's an auto fade. You, it's, it's that simple. I don't, I don't see, I don't see a huge, and maybe I could be wrong on this because I'm not the most technical guy, but some major technical hole that would uh, cause some some big exposure on you know, e- really either side. So yeah, I think Lutz is solid.
0: I just don't see anything that really flashes as high level. I think he he generally is comfortable wherever the fight takes place, but he's not beyond you know being manhandled a little bit or you know being on the back foot with his striking if his combinations don't land walking forward. Aguilar, I yeah. think he just has a lot more experience. Uh, I definitely agree. So
1: getting, I guess he, I mean, he got knocked out in his first ever professional fight, Tucker Lutz. So that's not a great sign. And, um, you know, like we said, Aguilar's lost his last three fights. And, uh, you know, losing to Tahugoff, who's not necessarily known for his knockout power by knockout, um, is tough. But, you know, Tahugoff a, is a great athlete. So. Yeah, I don't know. Stay away or it's dog or pass.
0: Yeah, it's simply uh, I will be placing a bet on Aguilar. Probably not my biggest bet in the night, but a minus 103 and Lutz at minus 122. Um, might have to do it sooner than later, uh, especially, you know, hey, we'll see how weigh-ins go for the debut time. 100%. I
1: was just about to say, like, weigh-ins really can shift so much. I feel like that's sometimes a, a weird way to bet, but especially with lower-level MMA – it's important to see. Like, if you want to bet it, play your best, play a bet. Oh my God, just cut all that. Next fight. Okay.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess that wraps that up. Sounds like we're both on Aguilar there. Uh, so, to get to our next one, uh, another fight that the line might not make too much sense. Uh, we see our second biggest line of the night here Gina Mazzani minus 200 versus Priscilla Casueta plus 155. Cachoeira made her debut against, you know, who else but Shevchenko coming in.
1: (laughs) I don't know who put that fight together. Jesus, Yeah, uh,
0: I guess they were just slapping together the division at first, uh, you know, just bringing in all sorts of names. But to me, it it doesn't really make sense that we would see Cachoeira as such a big underdog. However, recency bias comes into play here, and you see that Ostevich – you know, really got dominated by Mizani, and Cachoeira has not really had you know the the best of outings besides her, you know, absolute demolition of Shauna Dobson uh, in her last fight. So, you know, now one and three in in the UFC, uh, maybe that can spurn a little bit of momentum. Uh, Mizani will have a little bit of a reach of a little bit of a reach advantage, three and a half inches. But uh, Cachuera is going to be the one that I think will put together a little bit of forward pressure and make her uncomfortable with the combinations and power. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that Glory MMA fixes all.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Tr- I don't think I, I fully agree, to be uh, quite honest. I Cachuera is called the uh, zombie girl for a reason, right? Because she's gotten that nickname throughout the, the UFC she just, it's just kind of the way that she fights. She, she kind of, she just continues to walk forward. And, uh, I don't know that she's necessarily high enough output. Um, you know, the way in which that she got, you know, beaten by Luis, Luana Carolina, Carolina and Molly McCann really doesn't, uh, give you much of a, uh, I don't know much, to, much to really bank on here, and I I understand chasing a dog here. I I just think that Mazzani will come in in the better shape, will have more output, you know, and, and can and can grind out Priscilla. And uh, I actually do think that uh, maybe I am playing a little too far into it, which you're you're kind of possibly rightfully fading, but I, I am gonna go lean with the the glory and James Krause actually being a. A really a consistently good thing and uh one of the reasons why i, I am on mazani I, I think that 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 game plan really will help her here
0: oh i don't blame you for taking mazani straight up uh i guess all the reasons that i laid out were reasons why i'm not going to be betting this fight uh,
1: oh no i'm not betting yeah, no the fight. no of course of oh course. no i'm not and i don't think it's a parlay piece like
0: um, I just didn't want to get it yeah. misconstrued that I really think that Cachoeira is going to walk away
1: with a convincing victory or get a knockout or anything like yeah, that. We, we all do circles, you know, so that's some, some of our picks, our straight-up picks. Yeah. So um, but- I, I'll be circling Mizani pretty comfortably. I just don't want to be placing any bets. Um, if I had to place a bet, you know, for the degenerates out there, I like Mizani by decision. Mizani by decision plus 100 is fine and i i think that's just how the fight goes
0: yeah if you want to get crazy Cachueta by knockout plus 650 just given how yeah that, six
1: to one and
0: she's like a knockout yeah, and the avila pressure, fight so. really was not a good look for Mizani. uh so if you could really start putting on the forward pressure and just start throwing and, and getting into it hey maybe maybe you could cash on a six to one but i'm not i'm not recommending a, a big bet or anything crazy there yeah
1: and and, and to uh and to Mizani's credit, right? Is this this is only her? Is this only her second fight with Glory? Was the Ostovich fight her first one? That's correct. So I mean, I mean, like like football or other sports, right? Like when you work with a coach, supposedly as time goes on, you're supposed to you know get into more of a groove and get better together. So maybe I think in a second fight, it could be even a bigger improvement. That certainly makes sense. Sounds like we're in a bit of an agreement here. yeah it's a little you know a little construing you know a little little guessing but again like i said nothing that i want to uh bet the rent on
0: yeah so we move along to our next fight andrea lee versus antonina shevchenko uh obviously sister of valentina so we have andrea lee came in as this uh highly touted prospect wins her first three fights um all by decision. Then proceeds to lose her next three. All by decision. Uh, a couple splits in there. We had uh, a unanimous decision loss to Roxanne Modafferi. Thank you, Roxanne. Uh, <laughs> always a fan favorite. And Shevchenko, someone that I faded in her last fight and came out with one of the most impressive improvements on the ground in just absolutely dominating Ariane Lipsky. So... Uh, talking about improvements, uh, you know, losing so badly to Chukagian, getting controlled for a better part of, I would say, about ten minutes in that fight. Shevchenko, so
1: so, so you're actually starting to touch on something that I, I want to touch on for um for for my handicap of this fight. You're she's handled, by, Shevchenko's handled by Chukagian. What's Ch- Chukagian primarily? She's a striker, loves to strike. Uh, huh, huh. she loves to strike <laughs> um she had three takedowns in that fight and you know and uh two minutes of control time which again is not really her thing then you look at Montefiore Montefiore had five takedowns against her obviously Montefiore's uh you mm-hmm. know r- grappler loves to take people down so We've seen that when Shevchenko gets put on her back, she doesn't get up. And Andrea Lee, while she's lost her last three, um not minding the Roxanne Montoya fight, which was a damn close fight which she could have won, but you know, outstruck her 97 to 60, but you know, and, and Andrea Lee, mind you, gets three takedowns but gets taken down four times and then tough fights with Lauren Murphy and Joanne Calderwood who are, you know, at this point in time at the top of the division, you know, in terms of possible contenders, you know, in, in a relatively light division. Um, the, you, you could argue that the Calderwood fight was a robbery. Well, not a robbery, but like a, a, just that they got the decision wrong. That, that Andrea Lee would have, that could have. Uh... Oh, I'm, I mixed that fight up. I meant with the Lauren Murphy fight, right? Yeah. Because uh, that fight was much closer than the, the, the Joanne Calderwood fight. But either either way, she took, the, in the Calderwood fight, she took down uh, Calderwood three times. That's That's pretty impressive. So when you see her ability to actually implement that, and you know that she's gonna throw lots of strikes. She threw a hundred strikes versus Ashley Evan Smith. Threw a hundred out strikes versus Lauren Murphy. Ninety-seven versus Matafari. I think she's gonna outstrike Shevchenko too. Is that crazy? That could be a
0: little bit crazy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I will say Andrew Lee definitely has high output. Uh, throws a lot of light kicks. Shevchenko uh, a little bit more, uh, even though she is a kickboxer at heart, definitely a little bit more of a boxer as far as uh, the types of strikes that she's throwing. Uh, Andrea Lee is going to have a little bit of a reach advantage, but Shevchenko is a southpaw. So that makes it a little bit more interesting when you're uh, facing off against each other, as far as, uh, you know, maybe lowering the output of Lee. Now her, her striking stats are impressive Her grappling. stats are not as impressive. I, I, don't really get interested in in betting on this specific fight. Uh, Shevchenko minus one twenty nine, Andrea Leah plus one
1: hundred five. Uh, I don't know. I see. I see value. Andrea Lee by decision plus one eighty five. It's a play for me. Um, Yeah, I I I just don't. And again, I was right on Shevchenko in her last couple fights. I picked Chikagian. I picked Lips. I picked her over Lipsky. Um, you know. I think it's again because again, if, if Leah loses this fight, mind you, she's probably cut. Like, you can't. I mean, maybe she gets another fight because she's popular and they like her. I, I don't, I don't really know, but she's going to be at home, right? She's at, she's in, uh, she's from Texas. The fight's in Texas. Gonna go to decision. I'm taking her.
0: <laughs> All right. So, I guess, uh, here we are on opposite sides, because I was actually gonna go ahead and play Shevchenko. I just think um as far as who might land the more impactful strikes, uh,
1: I see that being Shevchenko. Well, we've, how many times have we seen that time and time again? That and by the way, Shevchenko's power, really there is none. So if she's if she's landing more impactful, slightly like, what is slightly more impactful when Lee could be outlanding her two to one?
0: Right, but I think uh both of them generally outland their opponents at about two to one based on their statistics.
1: But
0: Shevchenko does it with a higher accuracy and, and uh, Andrew Lee makes up for it with a much higher defense rate. Definitely a, a type of deal with the level of competition, but the striking stats are also boosted by all the leg kicks that uh, Andrew Lee throws Uh shout out to numbers MMA. So to me, I, I think uh, Shevchenko uh, she showed enough of an upgrade in her grappling that I feel comfortable that this should take place on Where? The, Where? When? Against Lipsky? Yeah, I, th- I thought she showed enough of it to be able to dominate a fight that ultimately she should. Uh, I don't think that Lee's going to be able to come in and just purely dominate her. And uh, I, to me, I, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't making think it's going to be. Dom- I,
1: nobody said dominate, bro. Nobody yeah. said dominate. I think this is going to be. Uh, Close, possibly another split decision, but I, I think that Andrea Lee, because again, I don't think Shevchenko is going to land more impactful shots because she doesn't have power like that. And if the fight has any chance to go to the ground at all, which fights do, Lee has a significant advantage there. Like because Shevchenko's shown nothing, unless she's on top, which she she hasn't shown any ability to get takedowns, where Andrea Lee has. So that's a huge problem, especially when Lee actually has a decent takedown defense. So when, when that, when like that shit comes up, it's like, it's really, it gets really hard. And, and, and for me, it's like, I had a dog price, Andrea Lee, because like, it should, probably should be even money. Like a lot of these fights are, but it's not, she's a slight underdog. And I think it's, I think it's mistaken.
0: Hey, uh, I appreciate you taking the
1: shot here. Uh, the way that you said, because, it, shit, I don't feel. I don't feel confident about much, and I, I'm not even showing that this is my most confident play or, or anything. But I don't. I don't know. I see. I don't know. I think I see. I, I've heard some other people say this stuff too, but I, I think I see a mismatch.
0: Yes, I think it's possible. Like you said, a sketchy split decision, and that just turns me off the money to put any
1: money on it. A hundred percent. So. If anything, I would I'd rather be like, "Oh, I told you so," and like, but didn't actually bet any money because it's gonna be too sketchy, so I hopefully I stay away, <laughs> yeah, I talk about sketchy matchups,
0: uh we go on to our next one here, Jordan Wright, uh Beverly Hills, Ninja versus Jamie Pickett, and yeah, the- talk about stay away, jeez we yeah, and it's interesting because the same way that I'm saying to stay away from the last fight, you know, I feel like I need to be betting Pickett here. Uh and oh god no and not a lot of money not anything crazy but it's just uh, like one of those things where
1: you just get the feeling I don't feeling. like it here I don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't I mean I get it cause like after you lose your uh debut or well, not your debut your uh yeah after, cause after you lose your debut you no I don't know cut all that what were you saying I'm fucking crazy
0: yeah, so the reason Pickett stands out to me, I think uh, he's got an edge in the grappling department uh, should he take this fight down. I also think that Pickett, uh, you know, with his three-inch reach advantage and four-inch leg reach advantage, uh, he should be able to to use a little bit of his distance management to make something happen. Uh, he was decently outsized as far as bulk goes against the
1: and I know that you want to say Yeah, Tafan really upset me last. I couldn't even believe I placed a single bet on that, man. Yeah. Listen, he's he is a freak athlete or whatever, but, like, that's about it, man. He is so raw and green. He has no idea what he's doing out there uh, more than me. But, like, I, I just – I can't even believe yeah, that. So but, uh, so when you see that it, and and when you know that Jamie Pickett is low output, it's really tough because you need him to land the knockout blow, right? Because Jordan Wright has maybe the sketchy chin after he got knocked out by Buckley, but if he's not throwing, then he's not knocking anybody out. And Jordan Wright has never seen round three, so yeah, I <laughs> I, I don't know. I it's not a fight that I I want to bet. It's I'm probably staying away until uh. I know I'm staying away until weigh-ins, and I might not even bet it until then. The the lines Vegas says it's a coin flip, and I think it's a coin flip because I who the fuck knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, I just think uh, Jordan Wright's uh, record and background was extremely sketchy. We've seen Pickett face a couple guys that you know are respectable, uh, Charles Bird. You know, he's he's a guy that trains out of Fortis. I mean, he got Punahole Soriano training out of Extreme Couture. You have Jonathan Patti, also a guy that got a Diana White's contender series invite. And to find N'Chukwi, I know we could bash him and say we were upset about his performance. He faced Park. Park was a, a much more experienced opponent than we gave him credit for. And uh, yeah, it's simple to look worse. When I told you at the weigh-ins that Nchukwi and Park actually looked a lot closer in size than I was expecting. And when you saw Pickett versus Nchukwi, you saw a really big size you know, disadvantage for Pickett. I don't think that's necessarily the case here against Wright and I think he's going to be able to use his grappling.
1: I don't know up until up until Wright got rocked, did he even look did he look that bad versus Buckley? I, I don't think so. I just Still. uh I, I don't trust his his
0: ground game. I don't uh and I don't trust his chin and I don't trust his experience. I think he's very good as the guy that's you know, you know, winning, and, and as we say, being the hammer. Right. I don't, you know, you watch Fluffy Hernandez walk across the cage. This guy has a no contest on his record. That's him getting flattened in the first thirty seconds of a <laughs> fight against Fluffy Hernandez on the
1: feet. I mean, that that sticks in your memory, you know. And then via Noeva, well, Fluffy was on before, Listen, Fluffy was on performance enhancing drugs. All right, he was taking the chronic. Right. He you was, can't be he doing was that. Smoking that. He was smoking that good Chiba. He failed for a marijuana, so you know he was on a performance-enhancing drug. So it's a good thing that that's a no contest. You're right.
0: You know what? It wouldn't have been fair to to give him credit for that. Of course.
1: (laughs) He probably took a fat dab right before he knocked him out. Good for him, man.
0: Pulling a a Nick Diaz, (laughs) right?
1: I don't know. I might, for funsies, circle Jordan Wright because I have such a bad taste in my mouth with Pickett. I might just not circle him out of spite. Um, for the love of God, people, do not put your money on this fight. I mean, if your great great grandma just died and you didn't really like her, and you just got a huge trust fund settlement and you got some money to blow, I mean, go nuts. But like, don't sa- save your money. Hey, just
0: <laughs> just a little baby bit And listen, uh, if there was anything that I really wanted to, because minus minus one eighteen, uh, you know, definitely. And I'm sorry to hear about your great great grandmother, by the way. <laughs> jamie pick it by decision plus 400 you know you want to talk about fading the narrative we say jordan wright doesn't get out of blah 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 you know pick it i uh, think you can use this wrestling and and if not that uh pick it by submission plus 1200 you know you love me a good greasy submission prop so a brown belt <laughs> versus a blue belt oh it could get interesting if he gets a takedown. you know uh so maybe join me on the degenerate side on this fight. I feel like I see a little something.
1: If you're sponsoring it, you know I'll join you anyway.
0: <laughs> Always looking for something. But uh <laughs> on to our next fight here. We got Groovy. we got Groovy, Lando Venata
1: versus Mike Grunde. So <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think this is possibly and I say this as 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 he gets knocked out in ten seconds I think this is one of the safer fights of the evening um I do expect Grundy to rinse and repeat take him down dominate over the course of fifteen
0: hmm very interesting i didn't uh I actually did not expect you to say that about this fight given uh kind of what we talked about a little earlier in the week uh, I I find fanada's wrestling background to be a little bit underrated and i think you might have to, wow. i think you have to hurt him on the feet to to take him
1: down uh i mean so i mean you don't think that grundy can hurt him at all i mean he's had he knocked out naramani which was a close which is tough fight so i mean he's not like you have to be a knockout artist but when you look at when you look at Venada he's take he was taken down by Mark Casey and Bobby Green are those guys wrestlers or are they strikers uh bobby green
0: is a wrestler uh for sure yeah, uh, yeah, and has got one of it. okay, and, okay and... you're right okay, okay no 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 no, a... no 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 but Lando veneta got wobbled and basically sat down in the first round and from there on out it was an easy pickings for green the rest of the fight and
1: then what about what about and J'Casey? J'Casey
0: landed calf kick after calf kick after calf kick and Veneta just started basically falling down and just giving up and letting him
1: take him down you don't think Grundy can punish him enough
0: that's my thing is like I really was gonna bet Grundy heavy going in here and I still listen if you if you tell me that the submission prop here because Grundy almost had oh my god plus 600 okay Grundy by submission that's what we're talking right
1: What that's but like you're just going greasy for no reason now. Well,
0: I'm telling you that there's a way for Grundy to win and it's by submission, but I don't trust him necessarily to grind out a decision.
1: I think it could be sketchy, a sketchy 29 28 or something like that. Yeah, but but
0: why pay for plus 200 or why pay for you know Grundy minus 118 when you could get Grundy by sub at plus 600? Think about the two times that he has Movsvar Evlyev wrapped up, and Evlyev has some of the sickest escapes. Uh, Ask Nick Lentz about it. Ask our boy Mike
1: Grundy about it. Uh, Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, he looked good against Evlyev. It's hard to – Well,
0: he landed 20 strikes to the 79 of Evlyev, but he landed six takedowns, and that is crazy. So if he does land the takedowns, what's he looking for? That front choke yeah that that's my thought so if I was going to bet this fight which ultimately I was going to pull out on the money line idea of it
1: why not double chance why not go double chance uh uh Mike Grundy submission or points plus 120 so um I don't hate that either because it's you're taking a a favorite you know minus 130 and you're converting it to plus money but that but like he could get a knockout so I don't know that I love that. I, the money line is is okay to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, listen if you really feel great about the side, go for that. If you feel like or you, you want to go, go for a, a crazy 95. a crazy prop with me at plus 600 for a submission, you know you got to find one of those fun submission props on the card.
1: I, I think that this is a very live su- spot for a submission and I just I'm not sure Venata may only be 29, but he just seems a lot older in fight years. And he, his cardio kind of seems to, you know, fade as well. So not somebody that I would feel comfortable uh, backing at this point. He's got to show me something. And I, and again, I think that Grundy showed some, like you said, showed some good stuff for us.
0: Total agreement on that. So I, I'm going with Grundy as far as who my pick is for the fight. If you want to know what my play is for the fight, I'm going the plus 600 for submission. And and it sounds like you are looking at the decision or possibly just going with the money line.
1: Yeah, or I'm pro- I'm definitely following you for some sort of sprinkle because if you're celebrating, we got to celebrate that together. That's but... right. I got to
0: get that JMO pumping. Got to get Woo! that
1: chronic pumping. Oh, easy, easy. All
0: right. So does that
1: bring us to the... What is this, the featured prelim? Featured prelim, it better be they're, they're dissing my boy. Here. Yeah, well, yeah. I
0: think they're taking a little bit of the pressure off because Jacare Souza.
1: So. oh, man, I think we saw his
0: soul leave his body as Kevin Holland <laughs> was raining down Mortal Kombat-type finishing blows on him in his last fight. Jacare yeah, Souza coming in against Andre Muniz. This is going to be a very entertaining fight, if if I had to say uh muniz is coming in with a bit of a reach advantage six inches he is the southpaw uh Souza is the same height so it is interesting he's giving up so much reach but i do think what he gives up in reach he makes up for in power uh strength and experience and uh yeah this could be uh,
1: a vet lesson uh it's hard to disagree with anything you said i love jacques i i uh I kind of have a, a little bit of a bias. He's one of my all-time favorites. Um, the way he finished Chris Weidman um, just uh, will always hold a place in my heart. <laughs> you know, Jacare should be s- still better everywhere, you know, you would hope. He sh- you know,
0: He's never lost by submission, so I, I
1: don't think he really has to worry about in this fight. That that's the one thing that's that is wonderful is that Muniz's M- best chance is gonna be by submission, and you're not gonna submit Jacare. He's got no real knockout power. He's got one knockout on his record, literally just one. So that's pretty good in, for Jacare's sake. And in a decision, you'd have to think that the vet is gonna. Whether it, whatever whatever it is, take him down, outstrike him, continue to, to control the fight and, and do what he can to win. Um, you do wonder what is fighting for, right? Because it's certainly not, you know, uh, an what is that, the Alistair Over in one more run? So that he's far from that. So he's just fighting for paychecks, headlining prelims, finishing out his contract. Wants to get a win and retire? I'm not sure what his plan is. So I'm, I'm really, really interested to see how he looks. I'll be wearing my Jacare shirt if you run into me somewhere on, on Saturday. The bet is Jacare by KO or decision plus 170 or the straight-up decision. Actually, I honestly I don't even – I like the decision straight-up better, I think. Jacare by decision plus 300. I don't know that he's going to knock out Muniz. Maybe I'm just a little – would be a little too uh, happy for that, <laughs> like too, uh, just too, too much of a fan.
0: Well, what <laughs> normally happens when you get two high level grapplers? It it plays out on the feet. That's fair. and uh, Jacare. We saw him knock out plenty of people. He has four knockouts, four submissions, one decision. I don't think a submission happens in this fight unless someone gets hurt. So we look at the the knockouts on Jacare Souza's record. He has Weidman. He has Brunson twice and uh, Okami with a round one knockout. But I'm sure, you know, he had plenty more back in his uh, his strike force days. Uh, he does have, well, I guess one more. He has 17 submissions, five knockouts in his career, four decisions. But that doesn't mean that Jacare doesn't have the power. And with guys that it's not so appealing to grapple with as the first chance, I mean, listening to Jacare at his press conference, he sounded locked in. He sounded like he wanted to stop this young lion, specifically is how he mentioned it, from coming up. And he said, man, I'm going to kill this guy. Like, he he wants to come out there and prove something because he got embarrassed. I mean, Muniz is not going to be talking about what he dreamt about last night and distracting Jacare and, and <laughs> landing a knockout off his back. Like, that. that was just, you know, Kevin Holland found the guy that actually, you know, got distracted by the talking. It uh, didn't necessarily work against uh, Brunson and Vittori. But Souza, uh, yeah, it looked like he was trying to talk back and uh, got a little lost in his eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he had any idea what was going on in that Kevin Holland fight. <laughs> but, I mean, to, to his credit, like, other than getting knocked out and maybe he was confused, like, he was on his way to doing what you're supposed to do, right? Taking taking Kevin Holland down, putting him putting him on his back. Problem is, is that, did, did Jacques, do you feel like Jacare looked tired after doing that? Um, do you worry about his cardio? I'm not
0: so sure that he was tired as much as, like, getting a little bit frustrated with the long limbs of Holland, And it seemed mm-hmm. like, um, you know, and that could be something that Muniz could, could, you know, kind of, bring us trouble but you can't be standing and trading with holland i don't think that that's as much of a concern with muniz who has four knockout losses those are his four losses are by knockout
1: and that is that true it's a six inch reach advantage for muniz that's how i let it off i did yeah i missed that i (laughs) i uh that's a big deal but and now that the line flipped like right i love jacore at plus money and now the line has it was even money, and now the line has flipped completely. So now Muniz plus money. <sighs> that's that's not cool. yeah. I, 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 I like I said. I, I again I, like I want to see weigh-ins. I want to see how Jacare looks. If he looks, you know, old man style, I'm you know not maybe I'm off. Yeah, but if he looks ripped and ready to rock, should still be on Jacare.
0: Yeah, my thought is this isn't Bartosz Fabinski. This isn't Antonio Arroyo, Arroyo. Uh, I think. Because we've seen these guys make these steps up and,
1: uh, and, and not really have it. At- but, the, but the problem is is that a chakra at 41 is he, is he still a step up. And I'm just hoping that that's still the case. He just hasn't shown much in a long yeah. time. Well, this is a chance to show that he still has something left. He
0: did go 0-5 on takedowns on oh, what is that? The the champion at light heavyweight, uh, Jan Blahovich. but he had eight and a half yeah. minutes. That's like a control. year and a
1: half ago, and when you're 41, that's like a big deal.
0: Yeah, no, sure, but uh, we're talking about you know someone who who like you said is going to come in in crazy shape here, motivated off of three straight losses. This is one of those opportunities, I think, where I I feel a little more comfortable with a guy like Jacare that comes in seeming nice and
1: well. Didn't we? Didn't we both take Jacare over Holland at the time as well? Because I know I did. Oh,
0: damn straight! But listen, Jacare landed two takedowns and had a minute and a half of control in the first round.
1: Yeah, that that that
0: shows he could still do it to me. So let's move right along to our next fight, uh, one that which
1: is. The starting of our main card.
0: And, oh, man, did they pick a fight to start off the main card. This is going to be probably the fight of the night, almost definitely. I was about to say, it could
1: be my nomination for fight of the night, but we got a couple other yeah, good ones. If I, but just, this is I not, mean, this could be a performance of the night, potentially.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. So Shane Burgos versus Edson Barbosa mm-hmm. to kick us off on the main card. Burgos coming in 6-2 and two in the UFC. 13 and 2 overall. Barbosa, 21 and 9, 15 and 9 in the UFC. Both of these guys have a lot of experience, most of it coming at the UFC level, growing up, showing that their skills have been diversified. Uh, you have Burgos winning five knockouts, five submissions, three decisions. Barbosa in the UFC has won six knockouts, eight decisions. He even snuck a little submission in there, but yeah,
1: that, that was just a little guy. You shouldn't worry about that. Barboza made his UFC debut. At UFC 123, Rampage vs. Machida, November of 2010. That's so crazy. I mean, he's just fought everybody. His career is just incredible. When you look at the run of the last, uh, just of everybody he's fought, it's just so, it's just all, of. it's just incredible amount of people. Yeah. Um, I
0: find it really interesting. uh, You know, you have Barboza down at his new weight class uh he he looked pretty good making the weight cut uh you know he dealt with a couple tough matchups dan ige you
1: know losing also uh a split decision which is tough and the paul felder split decision which was really tough i know that was up a weight class still um he looked great against amir khani I, i picked him there i know a lot of people were on amir khani for some reason uh Yeah, Burgos, man. I I think it comes down to: is Burgos going to be too shy from his getting punished last fight? I, I think that would the answer would I think will hopefully be no. At least that's what I'm leaning towards. And I would hope that Shane Burgos follows the plan necessary or the one laid out to beat Barbosa, which is if you can't take him down, Khabib style, you have to continue to pressure him, right? And keep him from throwing his kicks. And if you're gonna be the one to pressure uh, Barbosa, then you better have a high output. And we know that Burgos is that guy. He's high. He's a high pressure fighter. So while he is sometimes a little bit too there, too much to be hit. Um. I think his forward pressure is going to stymie Barbosa a little bit and can keep him from really uh, teeing up the shots that he wants to tee up. Um, I liked how Bur- uh, I liked how Burgos sounded in his interviews. Um, this is the fight he's been dying for. He knows that this is a huge opportunity. Um, he was upset that the last fight against Josh Emmett wasn't, was not in front of a crowd. So he's really happy that this fight is in, in front of a crowd. Um, I think he's going to give the fans a show. And, uh, yeah, I, I like him to win by decision.
0: Yeah, uh, Burgos is so exciting. But what keeps me from running to bet him is the fact that he has this incredible chin, but he refuses to protect it and instead uh, deflects punches with his chin, which is to say he gets hit he, a fuck does eat a lot of face punches. Um, <laughs> It's not attractive watching him fight against guys that know how to strike and counter. I'm not sure that Barboza is necessarily that guy, but I do think that, uh, you know, he can hurt you at any moment. And, you know, for that risk, I'm not going to be playing this fight Uh, because ideally you're taking Burgos here. You got, you got, uh, you know, doubling up the output, you got higher accuracy and the same level of defense. And you can't even really say level of competition argument because at this point, I think Burgos has faced, you know, some of the bigger names out there, Uh, Cub Swanson, Emmett Cater. You know, he has suffered a couple tough losses, but maybe this is the one where you can finally turn the corner and, and get a big win against a big name.
1: Yeah, so if you have a points bet, there's a request a bet feature. And I requested a bet specifically. I posted it on Twitter earlier. Shane Burgos and over one and a half. They gave that to me at plus 100. I'm going to play it. And uh, I like it. I don't think I'm going to play it super heavy or anything because uh, like t- uh, TB is touching on perfectly, it is it can be a sketchy fight. And uh, Barbosa could give him a, a vet lesson. I just... Uh, I think that Burgos is going to implement his game plan better. And... Uh, you know, I think it'll be more Americani level fighters for Barbosa here on out. Because I think that Burgos is a fair step up from Amir Khan-y.
0: Yes, uh, I definitely think that we're going to see much more danger on the feet. And I don't think this fight's going to the mat. However, Barbosa does have a little bit of a background that he could try to lean on if he doesn't feel as comfortable on the feet. You know, he did start with Ricardo Almeida, BJJ, in Jersey, and he did end up moving down to American Top Team. So if you don't think that they didn't try to add a little bit more offensive grappling, you know, he does have his brown belt. Um, you know, he did have a couple submission attempts on Amir Khani. But, yeah, ultimately, it's best to just not bet this fight if if you don't feel great on either side. And, and I don't. Uh, but the Burgos and over... I, I do think that if there was the most likely thing to happen and they're giving you a plus 100, uh, I don't blame
1: you for taking that. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm on. i I'm definitely be circling Burgos again, barring weight cut things. And uh, as long as everything looks good, I should maybe be placing a little little something something. Very nice. So we have another
0: Crossroads fight here. Very small. <laughs> We got uh, Kaelin Chikagian versus Viviani Arujo, And, man, this this could really be a, a changing of the guard as far as the top contenders go at 125, or this could be, you know, the gatekeeper, uh, making sure that no new contenders can go up and face the champion. Chikagian, 8-4 and four in the UFC. All eight of her wins have come by decision. So I don't see a finish happening on her end uh And her by decision is minus one o six, so that's definitely baked into the line because if you think Chikagian wins this fight fifty percent of the time, then hell yeah it's fifty percent that you're getting on the betting line so that that makes sense to me as far as that goes. however, Arujo you know a lower level of competition that she's faced, but both both of these women have losses to Jessica I, and I thought it was interesting to watch those fights, and Jessica I missed the weight by a lot. In the Arujo fight, so you have Jessica High coming in six pounds overweight. I guess technically five with the one pound allowance at one thirty-one, and Arujo at one twenty-six. So yeah, the grappling attack didn't really work as as it should have. Uh, and Arujo, not someone that's had a lot of control time in her career for all of her takedown offense. But her takedown Mm. defense is great. So I don't think that Shukagian can go the route where she dominated Antonina Shevchenko like we spoke about. I
1: I don't know. I feel like that fights. I feel like her takedown defense could be a little bloated from the Roxanne fight, where, yeah, she stuffed all five of Roxanne's takedowns, which we know Roxanne's a good takedown artist. But there's just something that sketches me out about that, knowing that. Roxanne was taking a lot of fights. And then right after that fight, she had knee surgery. I don't think that Roxanne was super healthy with going into that fight. And she was also, she got rocked like 30 seconds in and just decided to survive the next 15 minutes. It's
0: so Montana De La Rosa fight. uh, She stuffs five of six takedowns. Five of six. That's pretty good, too. Yeah, I mean, that's the only takedown that she's given up in her UFC career. And she faced Alexis Davis. Where she gave up 0 4. So, to, you uh, know, I think. But is, be honest,
1: so uh, but let's yeah. be honest. All right. But let's be honest. Is Caitlin Chikagian going to look for a take No, down?
0: no. So, so my ultimate point was this fight plays out on the feet unless Arrujo goes for the takedown.
1: Right. And I, I think that Chikagian, while her takedown defense isn't as high, um, I think she should be able to keep it standing Dang if up. arugio were to shoot uh
0: you know 2.33 takedowns and at 64 percent, that's pretty high level for Arujo. that is uh that is actually a surprising number and she it's not once again i mean she took down alexis davis two times she took down talita bernardo three times she took down jessica i two times she took down roxanne four times You know, this is – she had a submission attempt in that fight even. So, Arujo, she has a legitimate black belt as far as I'm concerned. And uh, Kaylin Shikagian, brown belt. Now, however, the other interesting thing is that Arujo has a Luta Livre brown belt. So, that's a little bit more of the wrestling and and, uh, the takedown background. And for Shikagian, she's using that karate background – with the footwork and defensive movement. So that 30 foot octagon is definitely going to be helpful in that regard.
1: Definitely. Um, Interesting enough, Chikagian also has a win over Alexis Davis. Um, So they
0: both lost to Jessica. They both beat
1: Alexis Davis. Uh, Did they both beat Roxy? (laughs) Uh, No, but she hasn't fought Chikagian hasn't fought Roxy. That's funny though. I don't know. i you kind of were almost talking me into Arujo, but I'm just—I'm really worried about the overall um, length of Chikagian, how long she is, and how many strikes she throws. Um, I think the one of the problems for her versus Jessica I, other than the grappling attack not working, was that I, Jessica I was like, you know, throwing a lot of different attacks at her and kind of kept her thinking. And I think that could be a similar problem for her with Chikagian, who's going to throw a lot of strikes. And uh, I, yeah, I think it could be a problem. And not to not to mention, like again, this this fight's going to be in Texas, and we've had problems with Texas judges before. And uh, you know, you could see a suspect decision because we know that Chikagian is kind of somebody that well we know goes to decision but um with all of her output tends to kind of maybe sway judges that aren't paying as close of attention with all the output
0: hmm. yeah I, I guess uh the other thing about Arrujo is her her gas tank isn't necessarily ideal she definitely takes time off at points and uh yeah, Chikagian, like you said, she's going to make those noises. She's going to throw a bunch of volume. And, uh, you know, Arujo is going to come out with similar footwork early, but I don't know that she can necessarily maintain it. And I don't know that she can necessarily rely on the takedowns. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I'm tempted to play a, a plus money money line on Arujo here, but I probably should just stay away from that.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping to stay away. As well. Um, but I think I, once again, might be different from you. I think I might be circ- circling Trakagian. And uh, if I had to pick something, I guess I would play Trakagian by decision plus 100. All right. Three more fights, man. Yeah. So uh,
0: we move right along. We have a late edition, uh, upper weight class for both. For both guys, uh, Matt Schnell versus Rogerio Banturin, Uh should be one hell of an exciting fight for however long it lasts. Uh, this one, you know, Schnell 15 and 5, Bantarin 16 and 3. So it's not like we're talking about guys that don't have a lot of experience. Schnell 5 and 3 in the UFC, Bantarin 2 and 2 in the UFC. Uh, you know, we've seen both of them get finished. We've seen both of them win by decision. We've seen both of them win by finish. So uh, there's plenty up in the air here. Uh, Schnell does have a karate black belt. Uh, He has a jujitsu purple belt, but I do think his scrambling ability and overall grappling is underrated as far as the ranking goes. Uh, I, I mean, you were telling me that you were watching Pantoja versus Schnell, and Pantoja, you know, Gets guard pulled on him by Schnell, which is very interesting given Pantoja's level as a grappler. And then Pantoja is the one that lets him up.
1: Yeah, well, he, uh, he, yeah, he kind of hurts him with. Well, he was kind of hurting him on the feet, so he, he told him to come back. All up. right, well, more, well, because like he was kind of he was more of like uh, he was gonna get the takedown, so he kind of went with it and pulled guard.
0: All right, but. I think it just shows Schnell's level of comfort. Schnell does as
1: a, as he's his bread and butter. I think is more of his boxing, yes, which he does still have a like what you're saying though, an underrated jujitsu game, which is is exactly what you're saying. So I I agree in that respect. So I don't think that Bontarin um will have that uh you know spade in his back pocket to rely on like he did or like he tried to against Kaikara France. And how about that gas tank? suspect <laughs> suspect is fun i mean that's I why mean, he, he got knocked out watched him completely gassing against Kai Car france after four four minutes or so and and that was that's all she wrote yeah he got knocked the f out folded up like a damn lawn chair trying to talk about how he didn't get knocked out man you were you Face you plant. folded up your origami Face <laughs> it was crazy so crazy. has like
0: some level of stand-up as far as like those high-level grapplers that aren't afraid of being taken down. They're very aggressive and uh and they can swing and you know he's definitely comfortable in that aspect. But I don't think he's a high enough level guy to close the three inch reach, you know, gap and and the three inch height gap to to really cover the distance against a, a karate black belt um who who does have you know some pretty decent movement and the boxing has been improving defensively. As long as mentally, you know uh, Schnell tries to stay within himself, the times where he's really come out and gotten into brawls, oh man, this guy's gotten knocked out in the first round. <laughs> and Jonathan Martinez, uh, one of Schnell's wins was a DQ where Martinez threw an illegal knee and knocked him out. So that part's concerning. But I think Bonturin's path to victory is his high level of grappling. But I think Schnell can negate a lot of that, especially in a larger cage and especially with yeah. the guest tag. So. I'll be playing Schnell straight
1: up. That's I agree and I think it's interesting that they're both upper weight class. I think it helps both of them, but I think more than anything I think it might help Schnell more. Schnell's like so ripped, so to let him fill out a little bit. Yeah, he's had weight cut issues in the past, right? Yeah. So I think that this will be a a, a big big help for him here. So uh if only there were other parlay pieces to parlay him to cuz I think Schnell might be parlayable. <laughs> uh it's it's possible, but listen, there's just nothing I mean... else. I don't just. I really am not sure that there's anything else parlayable on the card. I think the card is so close. I think it's crazy. I mean, what did we see last week? Was it five of nine or six of nine fights were fucking underdog winners? Like it was nuts. So I think there's. I think this this card is ripe for some more underdog winners, and uh, it's. It's a tough card to bet that you see that with the lines being super close and literally all the fights. But I do like Chanel. It's his second fight with Fortis. So uh, he was slated to fight Alex Perez as well. So, you know, he was getting ready for, you know, a huge step up in competition here and gets uh, maybe a little bit lower one in Bontarine with an advantageous weight thing. And like we've said with the with the camps, Maybe extra time at the camp continues to uh, get that get that chemistry working. yeah,
0: even up a weight class, Schnell, given his issues in the past and on short notice, I really want to make sure that he comes in and looks okay on the scale because that's been an I issue, agree. so hold off until you see that. but Schnell, for me is probably um, right along
1: with chackery going to be my, my biggest. honestly choice. this this card is so exciting. This is not one. There's just not as many spots to bet. This is not my favorite card to gamble Mm -hmm. on. Like I've had some cards that I thought were possibly really boring that were really the best spots for gambling, like multiple spots through and through. I'm not sure that this card is like stacked with amazing spots.
0: Right. Well, you want to talk about an exciting fight? (laughs) Let's get a tough spot. Yeah. (laughs) Co-main event, Tony Ferguson versus Benil Darius. This one should be a fucking banger. (laughs) Uh, I was just watching the press conference before we hopped on and the back and forth between these guys. Tony's insane. Given that, you know, Tony kind of comes out there talking crazy.
1: He's out of his mind. He's so funny. Yeah, But you know what? Uh, It was a level of aggression that. I like to see. Yes. I was, I was saying it to my other buddy. If, if Tony comes out Half as sharp in the cage as he was at the press conference, you know. Out of the cage, Darius could have a tough night. Yeah, I, I mean,
0: Darius, we've seen him get wobbled by close. You know that
1: we've seen him gas out, gas out against we've Diego, seen, Fajada. Fajada we've seen against him abandon the, the smart game plan. We've seen him do that shit. Yeah, it can,
0: it can get really interesting. I mean, Darius got wobbled a little in the first round against Fajeda. There's a reason that fight was a split decision. Not that I necessarily thought he lost, but there's a reason why the fight did seem close uh to the judges. Daryush
1: and, he's and, got the wrestling and he's got the striking, but this is a step up. And and listen, and let's be and Fehier was a nice win, even though we just saw him get beat by Gillespie and, and another impressive win for Gillespie, not to take anything away from him. But you know, uh Tony Ferguson's losses to Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje are not exactly the same as like wins against Dracar Close and Frank Camacho. You know, it's just, uh, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I think it's one of the, it could be one of the best fights. This could be a fight of the year, candidate. I'm so excited for this. Um, I'm really hoping to see Tony Ferguson come out and uh, exact some of that old Al-Kukui. I am worried that it's gone, though.
0: Yeah, it's really tough to bank on it, especially with the big butt. Especially, you know, Darius, minus 165, Ferguson, plus 135, and really... I, I really like Darius as a fighter. I think he's great. I think he I really as a person. Yeah, he's a great person. He really seems well put together. He's got a little one on the way. He seems like excited. And man, this is just a really tough matchup if Ferguson shows up El Kakoui style. And that's so hard to tell. The press conference was a good start. And uh we'll see how he looks, you know. He seems so frail against Oliveira. He's always so thin, you know. But just the way he got controlled and wrestled and grappled, he seems so frail. He got
1: picked up, yeah, picked up and yeah. span by Charles Oliveira. Who does Dar- that? Darius is that is strong? Darius yeah, is everything. Yeah, he could do that to him. You're right. I didn't even think of it. But,
0: but but Ferguson. Is an inch taller and four inches more of reach. Oliveira had a lot more to offer as far as size goes. That's true too. So this, and and I would say, uh, an athleticism. Yeah, I
1: would say Charles Oliveira is more athletic than Benil Darius. Yeah, but Benil could be a grinder. He could do the fifteen minutes of control. Oh, he definitely can. I don't want to take anything away no. right from him, but you know, he comes in with a little bit of a uh, like love handles. He's got a weird shaped yeah. body. That's
0: fine, and and he's a really solid like all around fighter and a hundred percent
1: he's a world cl- he's a world-class wrestler
0: definitely so it, it gives me pause on betting this fight but if you had to ask me and you really want to take something um i've seen doryush gas out late and tony ferguson he's always live to to do a little something As if you can't put him away i mean he's always 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 trying to do stuff and you're talking about a round three? Uh, that's not outside the uh, yeah, realm Tony of... Tony Ferguson, possibility. round
1: three, your decision, plus 260.
0: Yeah, but even if you just want to say round three. Just round three. Tony Ferguson, round three is plus 1,500. If there was one wow. fight that I could see it happening, uh, you know, the gas out, the, the late, you know, I see it time and time again with Arush whenever he grapples in extended periods. By the third round, uh it could get a little sketchy. And if Ferguson has that same cardio that he could always bank on, I mean plus fifteen hundred could seem real interesting if we can open a cut, throw some elbow. I think it goes the I think it goes the distance. Yeah, it probably does.
1: I like I, I like if I have to play this, I like minus one thirty-four fights goes the distance. I don't have to pick a side. Mm. So I just get to watch a really exciting mm. fight. You see Tony Ferguson survived Charles Oliveira somehow, like, snapping his arm in half. But he's fine, apparently. And then uh, and then you saw... (laughs) I'm fine, I'm fine. And then you saw the Dehago Fair fight where, uh, you know, where if it's... If nobody's going to literally kill you, like, where they're not... Because you have to kill Dariush. And you have to kill Tony Ferguson. You know what I mean? Like, the doctor stopped it for Gaethje. So you have to kill them. So in fifteen minutes, I don't know that either of one one of them kills each other. That's, uh, so that's, I think that's, I like it to go the distance.
0: That's extremely fair, and uh, all I gotta say is, if you're picking a side, for me it's dog pass. But if you're looking at props,
1: I I don't think you can go wrong. When you see when you see tomorrow that I literally like don't have my post up until like seven, like when the fights start, it's because I've spent the entirety of the day with all my fights circled except for this one because i i'm just i'm gonna be eating and kicking myself left and right back and forth not picking (laughs) um i guess i lean daryush at the moment but we'll see like with my luck daryush will miss weight by a pound and a half i don't even i don't even know i just i'm so excited for these fights i really i cannot wait this fight, I can't even believe is happening. Tony Ferguson fight day is like should be a national holiday.
0: Well, let's do it. <laughs> let's get down to what the people are paying for. Actually, the people are probably paying for
1: Dariush and Ferguson. And if you're paying for ESPN Plus, you're getting paying for the prelims and stuff too. That's true. But hey, this. But what the people came to see right, the belt, the gold, changing hands, Khabib's belt.
0: Yes, on display. Up for grabs, we got Charles Oliveira versus
1: not just on display. It's Michael
0: Chandler. <laughs> this is going to be a hell of a fight for however long it lasts, whether it's fifteen seconds, hey, hell, even ten seconds, or whether it's—I mean, I don't think it's going twenty-five, but however long you think it's going, imagine
1: ooh. it goes twenty-five. Damn, man. All right, let me start that off. If it goes 25, who's the winner? That's so crazy, right? I got no clue. Yeah,
0: I mean, damn, dude. I I would say Chandler because he's been there before.
1: When was the last time Chandler went five? Well, he has gone five. That's kind of He right went there. five with Brett Primus in 2018. Two years ago. Five, five, so, five, I mean, two. how
0: long has it been since uh, Oliveira, if ever, has, has gone five? Never.
1: He's never To gone win five. by
0: decision, either guy. I mean, it's plus five fifty. Oliveira. It's not and plus five hundred for Chandler. All
1: right, let's break down this yeah. fight.
0: I was just. All
1: confused. right, so we got
0: two guys that are just absolutely known for being finishers in two completely different ways. But at surface level, uh, I think you need to respect their secondary skills as well. Uh, Oliveira does have nineteen submissions on his record uh 14 of those in the UFC, which is so impressive just how long he's been grinding away in the UFC. But uh he does have two knockouts in the UFC and eight overall. Chandler, 10 knockouts uh in his career. Uh but he's well rounded. He has seven submissions and five decisions. Someone that's really um really seen a lot of different ways for his fights to end in victory. However you look at their losses, uh, Oliveira four knockouts, three submissions, one decision, and Chandler, four knockouts and two decisions. So it's crazy interesting to me that the highest of level, you know, fourth degree, third degree, uh, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt now, Charles Oliveira, uh training since 12 years old. He's the guy that has the three submission losses on his record,
1: and Chandler doesn't have any. Listen, it's tough. When you look at who he's fought, man, you know, these guys are not savage grapplers. And when you spend a lot of time on the floor, you're going to get submitted. So, you know, getting submitted by Ricardo Lamas and Anthony Pettis in 2016. I don't know if those things are (laughs) really worth knocking. My big thing with Charles Oliveira that I can't get out of my head, maybe it's me personally, but the way he buckles over versus Cub Swanson and his and his shoulder injury versus Max Holloway, those two things stand out in my head so much. He was the guy that kind of always got into that big spot and and fizzled. You know, got knocked out by Cub Swanson in round one. Every time he kind of made that step up, right? He got subbed by by uh Anthony Pettis, he gets ground and pounded by Paul Felder. Every time he made that big step up, he couldn't do it. He couldn't break through that threshold until now he did. Until he beat Kevin Lee. Until he beat Tony Ferguson. With this new camp, with the new striking improvements, I should say. He's been at the same camp with Chuto Box in Brazil. With the new striking improvements, he's... At 31 years old, I think he's put it all together. I think he's in his prime. And with the length and height advantage, I mean, the the reach and height advantage, like it's really hard not to take him. I've found myself on Chandler to start the week. I can't believe I found myself on Oliveira to end it. I'm still way independent. I just, I really like Oliveira. I like, we know how I know it's a terrible narrative. It's, I know it's like, but we know how we feel like when the UFC is pushing somebody and like they're pushing him so hard. And, um, I just think that Oliver is like the favorite sleeper. Like, he's like, I don't know that anybody's on him. Who is on him? Everybody tweeted, he's the everybody tweeting, everybody I see is on Chandler.
0: Yeah. See, to me, I, I actually saw. A lot I thought I felt like the majority of people want
1: and so, and are picking Oliveira. That made me want to bring up something super interesting. Um Tapology at this point in time has 2,081 current submissions for the prediction of Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler at the time that we are recording right now. It is exactly divided 5050. So if you're logging on, if you have a topology account and logging on to submit your picks, you're probably, you know, one of the top premier people that watch UFC often. I mean, not always going to be the case, but, you know, if you do this often that that you're you're an avid fan. So for them to be split so evenly is just so incredible to me. Yeah. And uh, it only makes sense that we're split on it, huh? Yeah. We've been split all night, which is so rare for yeah, so. To me,
0: um, I always go back to a couple things, um, looking at the highest level of wrestlers and the highest level of grapplers. Uh, generally, the wrestlers come out on top. And uh, when a height and reach advantage and disadvantage are talked about, uh, the guys that bring you know, more power and, and more, you know, like uh, brute strength to the table, which I think is something that Chandler brings. Uh, that seems to be an advantage when you're a couple inches shorter. Uh, the hips are right there. It seems to be an advantage when you're throwing to the body and you're hurting them. And, you know, again, uh, I think as far as aggression and people that I've seen uh, with a consistent game plan uh, when they get in the cage, I think Chandler is going to be the one on the front foot. I think Chandler is gonna be the one dictating the striking pace. And I think Chandler is not going to have to worry about getting taken down or the grappling exchanges. Here's my question.
1: For how long? Not the cause like the Chandler that we know doesn't go very long. His last three fights, his last four fights have all ended in the first round. The fourth of which ended by him getting knocked out in four minutes, by the way, by the current double tramp patricio pitbull yeah so uh, the problem with chandler he how long can he go i don't i really don't he's shown that throughout his career that he doesn't have like the camaro usman fourth and fifth round you know turn on the jets type you know max holloway put out more output than you ever had in either of the rounds before it type he's not that guy and i'm not sure that Oliveira is yet either but at 31 and went the distance with tony ferguson and went three rounds with kevin lee i think kevin lee is um other than like the like the biggest uh he's the most the most one of the most disappointing fighters because he's uh, the mental game is is lacking, is isn't there? But I feel like Kevin Lee and Michael Chandler's style are so similar: short, stocky, muscle type, explosive power, huge, incredible wrestling background. I think Ch- I think uh, Chandler's much stronger mentally, but um, you know, with the age, I let's call it a wash. I I think that I think it's Oliveira's time, unless he comes out and just. Just gets flattened in in one round.
0: Uh, so, yeah, I see Chandler uh, most if likely it gets, having a
1: round two. If it goes to round two and you're holding a Chandler ticket, I'd be nervous if I were you. No, nah, I mean, listen. I feel comfortable in any of the first
0: three rounds that Chandler can set his pace. That's crazy. That's so crazy. What? Just because knockouts have happened the last four times? A he, guy, doesn't get, a guy, a guy he doesn't get because doesn't get these late round knockouts. Five decisions probably because and two decisions losses. throughout his career, on a record, he doesn't. That you're, you're saying that draw, he, he can't he, go the distance? Like I don't know where we get that from. He's gone the distance more times than Oliveira, almost double. Hmm.
1: I'm not saying that I'm not saying that he can't go the distance. I'm saying he hasn't looked as good. And the fighters that he gone the distance with and beat, Brett Primus, Godiya Yamaguchi, uh, old Benton Henderson in 2016 for a split decision, uh, like this that's this is not the like this is not the way. I mean, listen, <laughs> you know, dude. Listen. Is- listen,
0: 2018 Clay Guida, Christos Yagos, Jim Miller, David Tamer, Nick Lance, Gordon Kevin Lee uh winning the first two rounds and diving in on a takedown haphazardly and giving up his neck and getting choked out and then Tony Ferguson's corpse last fight. So so what the fuck are we talking about level of competition? Yeah. Like where's the level of competition Oliveira fought either, bro? Like that that's my thought. So honestly, I'm on Chandler here. it's, it's pl- uh, I listen, who do I like better? Uh Charles Oliveira. Who do I want to see win? Charles Oliveira. Michael Chandler plus 110, plus money on Michael Chandler? Give yeah. me that fucking money, man. That's where I'm at.
1: Uh, yeah, that's that's where I really started to – Um. until I just feel like that I always chase that dog money when it's like the deciding factor. And I feel like when it's the deciding factor, I feel like I don't come away with a wimp. Yeah, I, so, yeah I, I, and I'm, I completely respect that. No, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm kind that. of fighting – the feeling in my gut that I had all week that Michael Chandler is just like, this is his destiny to be the, you know, the first one to have a Bellator championship and a UFC championship, or is it the second? I think it's the first, I think he'd be the first. So, um, yeah, I, I really, like I said, I was on Chandler coming into the week. I liked him at the dog price. I don't hate anybody for taking a stab. I don't even know what my prop would be on Oliveira. That's what I was, you know, continuing to scramble for and look for. I don't even know what the play is. Charles Oliveira around 1 2 and 3 plus 145. Uh double chance. I don't even how can you even narrow your odds? I guess you could do just by finish. Charles Oliveira KO or submission plus 105. Yeah. It's so crazy. So, there's definitely more value on uh on Chandler, so I don't hate anybody taking a play there.
0: Yeah, listen, I mean, you'd have to be a psycho to do Chandler submission plus 1400. I mean, if you're if you're of betting course. Chandler, if you're betting Chandler, you are not doing decision plus 500. You're not of doing course. submission. So you you're, you're doing either knockout at plus 210, you're doing first round knockout which I I don't necessarily think happens, but I wouldn't be surprised by anything this fight. I wouldn't be surprised by an Oliveira round one knockout in this fight. I want to see the weight cut.
1: Oliveira's had weight
0: cut issues. Amen. I mean,
1: and Chandler's a big boy.
0: Oliveira, I mean, when he pulls off those sunglasses at that initial face-off today, I mean, he is sucked out. He always, I know, but like, with a big hitter like that, I mean, this this is a big hitter. This is a guy training at Sanford and really working on his technique, and and we're really starting to see it pay off as far as his body head combos and Chandler
1: by knockout in round two plus eleven hundred. That's crazy.
0: That's the type of value we're looking for. Sometimes things don't play out as quickly in a five-round fight. But to play overs on anything else, I don't know. But round two, plus 1,100, if you're not feeling so comfortable, but you want to take a little stab, there you go. If, if you're feeling like you want to take a slightly bigger stab but not go all the way, Chandler knockout, plus 210. And if you're feeling like you want to join me all the way,
1: we're, we're, we're <laughs> going money line, uh, plus 110. But yeah, super crazy fight. Something that I'm going to continue to do research on as as we approach even closer to fight day. Uh, yeah, I'm. I feel free to see me change my pick, but for the moment, Charles Oliveira is your new Brazilian lightweight champion. Man, I can't wait to see it happen. I can't wait. That fight's inc- so incredible. I really cannot wait. It- I said that like eight times tonight, but I I know
0: we were kind of disappointed that this is the fight that we're getting as the championship. But the more that we've, looked I'm into, not. I, well, some I mean, initially, don't. you know, you're like, oh, Poirier should be getting the chance. Like, oh, what if I get yeah. away well, McGregor, no, no, But no, like, I didn't say that. That no, wasn't that no, no, wasn't no, no, me. I,
1: I'm talking about the gen,
0: other Gen people. Pop. You know, like, oh, yeah, listen. Initially, until
1: they found out that until they found out that Poirier got offered the shot and he chose exactly. the money to fight. Instead. Exactly. And then you
0: look further into the matchup, you see how exciting it could be. Man, I, I really am looking
1: forward I, to it. What I'm most interested in, which is probably a weird thing to say, I'm really interested to see where Gaethje falls into all of this equation. He's found himself the odd man out. And imagine if Ferguson wins and he throws himself back into the mix. Mm. What, like, What would happen? It'd be so crazy. Definitely. Give maybe you give Gaethje the loser of this fight, or something, and then you give—I don't even know. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So I mean, just
0: to go over the plays uh, one last time. I know we talked about a lot here, and if you made it this far, uh, we want to leave you with something good. So for me, uh, straight up plays—the ones I'm looking at as far as uh, underdogs—we um, have Kevin Aguilar. Uh, in addition, as far as underdogs go, uh, also going to be taking Michael Chandler in the main event. And uh, as far as some favorites go, I got uh, Matt Schnell straight up. And uh, I'll also be taking Jacques Ray, who is now a light favorite, straight up. And for a little greasy prop uh, action over here, a uh, little Mike Grundy submission could be interesting. And, uh, you know, uh, we talked about uh, Tony Ferguson round three plus 1500 could also be interesting.
1: Yeah. Um, so for me, Aguilar, uh, money line, underdog, interesting, kind of thought. Andrea Lee is my <laughs> very, very interesting thought over over Shevchenko. Gonna take a stab on that one. Uh, Grundy by decision or submission, fine with me. Grundy should get it done. I like Jacques Jacare. Well, I do. I love Jacare, but he makes me nervous. So I only like Jacare here. Uh, Burgos by decision or one of my favorite, the the points bet, request your own bet. Shane Burgos and over one and a half plus 100. I really do like that bet. Guys and gals, if you made it this far for listening, really appreciate you. If you haven't already, please go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, like our videos, share them around. Throw some comments down there. Let us see what you think. At Chronic Combat Conversations. Follow us on Twitter, at Chronic Combat. Follow our Instagram, at Chronic Combat Conversations. Uh, Look for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. It's a big place that we're at now. They uh, send the podcast straight to your phone as long as you're subscribed. While you're listening, liking, and subscribing, throw us a five-star rating. You can follow my awesome co-host TB Scouting MMA on Instagram, Twitter, Verdict, and Tapology, and you can find me v underscore MMA Guru on Instagram, Twitter, Verdict, and Tapology. Thanks again so much for tuning in. You'll see us next week for UFC Vegas. Hopefully, Cody Garbrandt versus Rob Font.